Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Hobby Hustle. It is Friday. It is Super Bowl week. Let's go. Who is freaking ready to be done with work and all you can think about Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. I know I am. I'm beat. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to eat some chicken wings, throw down on some nachos, give me the dip, give me the cookies, chocolate chip, please, and give me that cookie dough ice cream. I'll do cookies and cream too. Whatever you got for me, I'm ready to throw down. Yes, yes, we're back again. Before we get into that Super Bowl, you know I'm dropping this episode with my man, the Captain 37, Kevin Randall, one of my favorite people in the hobby. This man knows a thing or two about collecting Tom Brady, about collecting Patrick Mahomes. Talk about that. Talk about him operating. We talk a little bit about the quarterback position at the end of the uh, episode and just all the opportunities and gaps in the market. Definitely go hit follow on his page. He's got a just great page. One of my favorite guys out there. Hit follow on Stacking Slabs if you aren't already. Hit that subscribe button. What are you doing already? It's Super Bowl week. Let's get fired up and let's kick it to the conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hobby Hustle. Got another repeat guest here. I got my man, the captain, 37, Kevin. Um, I I was trying to think this week. I had been talking and trying to line up a bunch of different people um, to talk with uh, for the Hobby Hustle. And just it's Super Bowl week, and I I know no other football collector is like Kevin in terms of guys I connected with. He's deep in the game, and he's got some cool cards, and it just seems uh, just very relevant based on two guys I know he collects with uh, Brady and Mahomes, and those guys being in the Super Bowl. So I wanted to bring him back on to talk about that and many other topics. Uh, but without further ado, how you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We had a blast the first time, so I've been looking forward to this all week. Awesome. Uh, maybe we start here. So I know you're a you're a big football fan. You're a big Raiders fan. We can talk a little bit about the Raiders because um, I want to. I just want to get your feedback on what you think about them uh, and the moves in the offseason going into next year. But maybe start since you didn't have a um, dog in the race from a team perspective looking at the playoffs. Like what? What was your mindset uh, going into the playoffs? Is just a fan of football. What? What type? Is it? Has it played out the way you anticipated, or has there been any surprises? So I'll be very honest. It definitely didn't play out the way I anticipated. I'm not going to sit here and say that I thought Tom Brady was going to get to the Super Bowl because I didn't. Um, I thought once Green Bay got the one seed, it was going to be very difficult to win at Lambeau. You know, them having to go through New Orleans and then Green Bay. It just seemed like, you know, you could make a pretty big argument that this is his most impressive road to the Super Bowl that he's had in his entire career, which is saying something. Having to play in the road first round against the Redskins, top five defense in the league, you know, then having to play the Saints, who smacked them both times during the regular season. Then going to Lambeau, you know, in freezing temps and, and playing the MVP, it's just, it's absolutely remarkable what this guy has done. So, you know, it it definitely hasn't played out like I predicted, but it played out like I wanted for sure. I just, you know... You can make an argument this is his most remarkable road he's ever had to the Super Bowl. Um, and considering what he's done in his career, you know, to be able to say that at age 43, it's crazy. On the road, three games, you know, beating a team in New Orleans that smacked the Bucks earlier in the season, um, his worst loss of his entire career, you know, and then going on the road and, and winning at Lambeau, a very difficult place to win in the playoffs against the MVP. It's just, it's, it's insane what they were able to accomplish. And I'll be very honest, I'm a Brady guy, obviously, but... I didn't think they were going to get there. I actually thought after they won the Redskins game, they were playing with house money. For him to get to the playoffs, his his first year there with no preseason, no reps, you know, stuff like that, and then win a playoff game, I'm like, all right, damn, this is, I'm I'm good. This uh, house money. Now it's like, all right, now you want the whole damn thing, but it's just it's it's incredible what he accomplished. It's it's unbelievable to talk about, think about. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I appreciate Tom Brady and his excellence. Obviously, not a massive fan. I, I sat there and watched him, and I'm like, nobody else could go to play in the NFC Championship game, throw three interceptions, and do it looking so great, and end up winning that damn game. And of course, that's what 
Tom Brady did. And I, I sat there and I was reflecting. I think so many Tom Brady, not necessarily haters, but pe- contrarians want to say, you know, they're the, you know, well, he was a system guy playing with Belichick, this and that. Um, but obviously he's proven that wrong in this playoff run, um, especially at the age that he's in. And I'm trying to think because I, w- I was sitting on that side for a while. And I'm trying to think when I think about Brady, like what is it about him that continues to put him in this position? And that's being one of the last two teams playing. And I'd love to hear like what you think it is about him. I think for me, I think he's got this just innate ability to anticipate and predict and see things before they happen. And no matter what his skills are compared to the other quarterback on the side of the field, that ability gets points on the board and ends up putting W's in the column. So I'd love to hear from your perspective on Brady. Like what is it about him that continues to put him in the game that he's in this week? Yeah. You know, I actually, I talk about him a lot with my kids because I'm, I'm a high school basketball coach and I think it's his process, not just on the football field, but off the football field. I mean, that guy takes care of his body, you know, better than, 99.9% 99.9% of, of people in the world. You know, he's just completely dedicated himself to that. That's why if you look at him, take away the gray hair, man, he looks like he's in his thirties. It's unbelievable. And his arm still does too. You know, you, you look at guys like, and as much as it pains me to say this, you look at Peyton Manning end of his career, you know, his arm, I mean, obviously all the neck surgeries and stuff like that. Breeze, his arm is in the same Brady's arm right now. Still looks like he's thrown in his mid thirties. It's, it's unbelievable. If you, just put a football game on to somebody who had no idea about players and just said, Hey, how old do you think the Bucks quarterback is? Nobody's going to say 43. You know, this guy, it, it, it's um, I, it, the way he's playing right now and the way he's strolling, he could play five more years, which is insane to think about. You know, I, there was a graphic they put up about, um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but oldest quarterbacks to play in um, a playoff game or something like that. And there was like a picture of Ken Stabler, old Raider. And it, it he was like 41 or 42 in the picture. He looked like he was 57. And then, you know, Brady's sitting there 43. <laughs> looks like he's literally 25 years younger. It, it, it's unbelievable, you know, what this guy's done. So, you know, of course, I mean, at his age now, that there's nothing you can throw at him that he hasn't seen, you know, so that obviously helps. But for him, I think it's more so his process off the football field that's helped him so much on the football field because, you know, no 43-year-old should be able to do what he's doing right now. I mean, I'm, I'm 34, turning 35 in February, and, you know, my legs hurt after walking up and down the court sometimes at practice, you know, with the kids. So I just, it's unbelievable what this guy's doing. Absolutely. And maybe we jump on the other side of it. I think what is, has been expected and we've seen it play out is the dominance and the excellence of the machine that is in Kansas city. And that machine starts with Patrick Mahomes. And I got to tell you, like, we're big football guys, but you don't I, my like my wife sat sat and watched the uh, Bills Chiefs game, and you don't even really need to pay attention to football too much. But the Chiefs offense is rolling. You got Tyreek Hill coming out of the back. You got Kelsey, and then you got this unprecedented prodigy and Patrick Mahomes. Not only just doing magical things, and I don't know. It, it, it I get excited talking about Patrick Mahomes just because. He's so damn fun to watch. And the excellent, I think for me, it's like I associate his excellence a lot with Peyton and the excellence that two different players, but just the leadership and the excellence that he brings to the table. So I guess talk to me a little bit about, I love, we've talked about Brady and I'd love to get just like your perspective on, on Mahomes. I mean, I heard the stat, this kid, you know, he's walking into a second Super Bowl under 25 and the guy's never lost a game by more than uh, a score, which is completely insane. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, I'm a diehard Raiders fan, as you know. So, you know, I'm at the point now there's really only two times a year I'm rooting against this guy. And that's when he's playing Oakland, um, Oakland or Las Vegas. Now I just said, Oakland. But, um, you know, I was, I was pumped to see the Raiders take them out this year. That's when I thought the Raiders might actually have a shot at making the playoffs, but um, that went in a very different direction. But regardless you know, what this kid is doing is remarkable. And if you think about it, he's been a starter for three years. He's made the Super Bowl for two years. And if it wasn't for one crazy penalty where his defensive linemen lined up off sides, they would have beat the Patriots and went to a, a third Super Bowl and probably won that because, you know, I think they would have beat the Rams. So we're looking at a guy, if he takes care of business and wins the Super Bowl, you know, he's going to have the greatest start to a career in the history of the league. It's unbelievable to think about when you, even when you compare him to other athletes across the board. I mean, 
it took Jordan a little while, you know, I mean, Jordan couldn't get by the Pistons, right? I mean, early in the career, you know, I mean, of course, you know, Mahomes is surrounded by extraordinary talent. There's no, no question about that, but sometimes it takes the perfect match. And I think him and Andy Reid are the perfect match and we're seeing it. It's, you know, I was watching the game with my wife and even she, who's, you know, doesn't know a ton about football. Um, she knows it through, I, I coached high school football. Um, you know, she hears me yelling and screaming at Raiders games and things like that. But even she's looking at it like, oh my God, look at that throw. When he threw the underhand pass to Kelsey, it's like, I've never seen that before. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this guy's doing things that no one's ever seen before. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of old school fans out there, I think that's where a lot of the hate stuff, like we talked about Brady hate. We're already starting to see some Mahomes hate, you know, and I, I talked about this in the last podcast. I spent a, a good portion of my um, life hating Brady because I was a Manning fan, you know, and I'm definitely not going to make that mistake with Mahomes because while I was hating, you know, I definitely wasn't appreciating the greatness that I saw. And I kind of wish more people had that mindset, but it's just, it's unbelievable what this kid's doing right now in the league. And I'm just so fired up for the Super Bowl. I know it's, it's, uh, man, it's must, must see television and not surprised by the Chiefs. And I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised by the Bucks with Brady, but here we are. Um, maybe we can dive into, I think I was shooting a couple message messages with you about this before we hopped on, but I think one of the trends and things I'm seeing in the hobby, especially new people entering is, you know, we've got Instagram, we've got all these platforms where people are showing off these cards and a lot of people, there's some awesome collectors on Instagram that have huge, massive cards and that go for thousands of dollars. And it's intim- it can be intimidating. I mean, you can appreciate the cards, but it's a little intimidating if you're some somebody walking into the hobby and you want to get involved and maybe you realize, I don't want to get the base stuff. I want to start buying some Mahomes. I want to start buying some Brady's. But then you see the prices of these cards. You know, I, I would consider you, your collection in terms of what you, you have is stuff that I would want and really, really good cards. And, you know, I think there's this mentality that, people ask this questions, well, how do people afford or how do people get these cards? Um, so I want to spend a lot of time digging into maybe just like your mentality and your process and maybe like a good place to start would be just like Patrick Mahomes in general. Like uh, what, what led you to be, when did you decide, all right, I want to get involved with Patrick Mahomes and kind of what was your process there? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a big bet hedger, you know, anytime, like, you know, as a poker player, I'm always a guy chopping the pot end of the tournament for heads up. You know, I'm always a guy who, you know, if back when I was sports betting, which I'm glad I'm not anymore, but, uh, you know, I, I would always try to hedge bets and, and that's how I am. So, you know, for me, I didn't own any Patrick Mahomes cards before 2020. Um, the first Mahomes card I bought was in early April. Um, so for me, I wasn't sold on him. You know, once I saw the playoff run and saw what he did in the Super Bowl and the comeback against the 49ers, I was sold. So for me, you know, I'm not a big, guy who invests in prospects across the board. Um, I'm a bit, I'm a blue chip guy. So, you know, and that can be easier said than done because the blue chip stuff tends to be more expensive, but it was kind of weird because last year after the Super Bowl, you know, his stuff fell, which was odd. You know, it happened to Brady the year before too, but I kind of understood it because it was a 13 to three game. You know, it was a rock fight, you know, not a lot of stats. So I was like, okay, I get it. You know, still didn't make sense to me, but I got it. But Mahomes, I'm like, why is his stuff going down a little bit? So I kind of took that opportunity to, to strike. So I said to myself, you know, I'm going to take this chunk of money um, and buy some Mahomes cards. And then I'm going to take this chunk of my Brady inventory and convert it into Mahomes. So, um, and that's a, a bet hedge in my eyes. So I'm like, you know, if I haven't seen anybody, you know, with the talent that Mahomes has had in a long time. So I'm like, if anybody's ever going to challenge Brady's greatness, it, it's going to be this kid. So I said, you know what? I sold off. X amount of money worth of Brady. You know, I took X amount of money out of the bank account with wife consent. And I said, you know what? I'm going on a Mahomes binge. It ended up being a lot bigger than I thought. I only wanted to get, you know, five to seven cards. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like within, I want to say, if you look at my Patrick Mahomes collection on Instagram, that was all acquired within two months. So it was, it, it ended up wow. being a huge binge. It, it was so funny because I kept putting post up saying I want Mahomes and I didn't get any bites. And then, like, all of a sudden, one weekend, just a ton of DMs, people looking to trade want some Brady stuff. I'm like, awesome. I'd rather trade. I mean, I, you know, I like trading anyway. It's what keeps it fun. You know, plus you don't have to take any funds out of the bank and explain it to the wife. But, you know, I was like, all right, so here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm going in on this kid. And, and you know, I, I wish I did sooner, but I'm glad I did what I did, you know, last March slash April, because it's been life-changing. 
you know, my wife, after Brady won, she said, hey, congrats. This is awesome. I said, no. I said, Melissa, this is congrats to us. I'm like, this is this is a life-changing moment, like for us, you know, down the road. I mean, this is literally, I think this is the best possible Super Bowl for the hobby, for the NFL, yeah. for the storylines. But it's also, I, you know, selfishly, personally, I wanted this because I obviously I have a, you know, a bunch of Mahomes and Brady cards. And it's, it's been, it's a life-changing moment in history in NFL history. So, so excited. It's, it's, <laughs> it's tough to put into words, you know? No, that's awesome. And I think, um, you know, that was my reaction when the Super Bowl happened. It was, uh, this is the best possible thing for the football card market and football cards, having these two guys, uh, play in the Super Bowl. I'm curious when you, I, I tend to do the same thing as you, man. I, uh, I go on these binges, like when you have this vibe and feeling, it's like, don't just dip your toe in it. Like just go all in so you can set yourself up. Um, I'm curious, like when you jumped into Mahomes, did you feel like you needed to, like what type of cards were they, his rookie cards? Were they other cards? Like what was your process and like, how did you identify which cards you wanted? Yeah. So um, I went all rookie heavy initially. Um, as the rookie stuff started to shoot up in price, um, I said, you know, I'll go for some second year stuff. Cause you look at, I was looking at, okay, look at what Tom Brady's second and third year and fourth year early cards do. You know, I, I think that Mahomes, I still think his second year prism stuff and third year, I still think has a ton of potential down the line. Although it's tough to get into Mahomes right now with how expensive everything is. But, uh, my focus started with prism. I wanted to get a couple nice numbered prism rookies. Um, I kind of got lucky with, uh, uh, one of the base prism. You know, everybody calls it a silver, but it's really just his base. But um, I, I worked out a trade, and that was kind of a throw-in raw, and I graded it, and it came back a PSA 10. So that was extremely, extremely lucky there. I definitely was not minding the PSA upcharge right there. I, I paid that gladly. Um, I wanted to throw an extra 50 bucks in there, you know. But yeah. Um, so I got lucky grading a couple. Um, but my, my focus was was Prism to start. I mean, I you know, you look at the the Prism over, you know, it, it's taken over the hobby football, basketball. So I'm like, all right, let me get a couple of decent numbered prism rookies in my home. So I was able to pick up, I found um, a couple guys in, in Texas who had a, a huge Mahomes collections and they were looking to sell some stuff. So I actually got a hold of one of them and we did a bunch of business. I was able to pick up the um, PSA 10 light blue um, prism, PSA 10 orange prism, PSA 10 blue wave prism. Um, I picked up a green scope um, off of them. Um, so I, I was able to get some nice stuff. So my focus was was rookies to start, and then, and honestly, my focus now with him is get whatever the hell you can get, you know, because I think there's value. I literally think there's value in all of it, you know. Um, it's it's really tough that you, I have, I've had so many people DMing me this week looking for Mahomes and Brady stuff because you know they look at pages, they see what you have, you know, and people ask me advice like, hey, what should I buy? I have this amount to spend, and it's tough because usually the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl is the worst time to buy in the mm -hmm. hobby. It, it, that's that's just the cold hard facts. That's what I've told people, but. I really think with this Super Bowl, there is so much on the line for the hobby and legacy wise for these two guys. You know, if, if Brady wins, he's got number seven. He just took out the young buck, the young stud that people say can, you know, take over his legacy. And he goes past Jordan. Like he, you could argue him the goat of all goats. You know, it, it's, it's unbelievable to think about. So you look at his prices right now. I mean, literally two months ago, his PSA 10 Bowman Chrome was like 8K. Now it's 20 to 25 grand. So people say, well, how much more room could that have? Well, okay. If he wins and now people are saying he just went past Jordan, I have no idea. I, I, I don't see how there's not another spike, which is crazy to think about considering everything just went up two, three, four times in the past week. But, you know, you look at his, the, the pop, everybody says, you know, the pop so high on the, on the Bowman Chrome rookie. Yeah, I get it. But it's also the Flair Jordan of football. The pop on Flair Jordan stuff is high across the board. I mean, you look at the PSA 10 LeBron tops Chrome rookie, you know, that's a pop of 2000. I think, I think I wrote it down 2070 and those are doing 30 to 35 K. I mean, Brady's half that pop wise. So, I mean, is there more room for that card to grow? I, I think there could be, it's crazy to think about and talk about. Um, but it, it could be, then you on the flip it to Mahomes. I mean, we all know people are going to say, if he wins this game, right or wrong, which I think it's, it's incredibly wrong, but people are going to say, all right, he's going to be the goat. He just, he just started. You know, the greatest career start ever in NFL history. He just took out the goat himself, the, the quote unquote passing the torch moment. He's got two Super Bowls at three years. You know, you, you kind of think if they win, he's going to get Super Bowl MVP too, just because it's, it's always so quarterback heavy with that. So 
Now it's like, oh, all right, here we go. He's going to be the GOAT, right? And want to adamantly state, I think that's ridiculous. You know, there's so many different variables and factors in football. You know, we've seen some greats like our boy who should have won a lot more Super Bowls, who doesn't. It, it's, you know, it's taken for granted, you know, but um, right or wrong, that's what people are going to say. And that's going to help drive his market. So it's funny that the last two Super Bowl winners are playing each other. It happened to be Brady and Mahomes. And Neither one of their values increased really after their Super Bowl victories. I, I don't see that happening this time around. I don't see a lull. I, I just think there's so much on the line legacy-wise and, and for the sport and for the hobby that the winner is going to see a spike one way or another. What do you think this does? So the thing I appreciate about you is I know you get into other you get you collect some basketball here and there, but I um, your brand to me is you're a you're a football guy, you're a blue chip quarterback collector. I think there was a lot of speculation with this boom of the hobby going into this year, what that was going to do for football cards. I think it led to more interest than ever. Um, And then people started thinking about position players that didn't pan out. People started to attract themselves with quarterbacks and maybe younger quarterbacks. What, what, what do you think this Brady and Mahomes Super Bowl does for the like football card market? Like, can you talk about maybe like, on the other side of the Super Bowl, things that you expect to see happen with with the market? Yeah, I mean, I think it helps. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's no coincidence. I started to see this over the summer where a lot of people who were DMing me about buying Brady had all basketball on their page. You know, so I, I think that the, the hype that is surrounded this Super Bowl, it, it's going to bring not necessarily more people in the hobby, but more attention to Brady and Mahomes and more attention to football. You know, this is I wouldn't be surprised if this was the highest rated Super Bowl, you know, in NFL history. I mean, this is this is the best case scenario for the NFL. I mean, if you were the NFL and you with all the stuff that's gone on with COVID and the pandemic and, you know, no fans and stuff like that. If you put the board of directors and Goodell in a room and said, what's your ideal Super Bowl? It's Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Those are storylines. It's just going to bring so much attention. I think any any type of attention is good attention for the hobby. You know, so how much of a trickle down effect will it have? to other players, that's that's tough. I think that Brady's just on such another level compared to anybody else in the hobby. I don't know how much his stuff would impact other stuff. Um, you know, you always have the, well, if this guy's worth this much and this guy should be worth this. And I, I get that argument, but I don't think you can really make that with Brady just because he's in a league of his own. You know, with Mahomes, I mean, if he wins, yeah, of course, you know, it, it can help some other younger quarterbacks. And then on top of that, think about what it does for the future, like next year, if you're invested in a Josh Allen, he beats Mahomes in the playoffs. You know, so now he's taken out, you know, the, the quote unquote young goat, so to speak, and, and what it could do for his value. I think the implications are large. I think more so large for Brady and Mahomes cards. But, you know, I think with Mahomes winning, it could have more of a trickle down effect to other guys than it, than it will for Brady. How important is the element of winning the championship to you in terms of buying specific players or buying into cards? Are you the type that that is like a qualifier for you. Like you're not getting in the game unless they have won the Super Bowl, or like where does that stack rank for you? Yeah, that that's that's pretty up there. I mean, for example, I didn't own a Patrick Mahomes card until he won the Super Bowl, and that's no coincidence. You know, I think that you know it's funny. We I was talking to some guys the other day about Trout's value in baseball. And I don't know a thing about baseball, so I don't. I'm not a guy who likes to speak on stuff he doesn't have knowledge base about. But with that being said, it amazes me his prices when he hasn't won. You know, I know baseball is a different sport. That seems to be the market where winning doesn't matter as much, right? It matters in football, right? It matters in basketball, right? So that's why, you know, you mentioned I do a little basketball and I do, and it's been fun. Um, but, you know, I love Luca. Love Luca. You know, I, I, I saw him early, you know, triple double waiting to happen. Um, you know, his game just, you know, I thought would translate very easily to the NBA, but I wasn't going to go all in. I picked up a PSA 10 silver and picked up a couple of other lower end rookies. Um, but that was it. I mean, and, and even with Luca, like, when are they going to win an NBA championship? Right. When is Trey Young going to win an NBA championship? Right. You, you look at guys, look at the career Russell Westbrook's had, you know, between MVPs and stuff like that. He's never won. And his value, you compare it like, and that that's a hell of a career that he's had. You know, you compare his values to some of the other young guards now. And it's like, they're worth so much more than him, but are they going to accomplish what he accomplished? You know, so for me, a ring is a, a, a ring or very solid potential to get a ring is a huge qualifier in terms of collectability, because the bottom line in the football market, if you don't win, you're not worth anything, period. I mean, we saw it. How important was the second Super Bowl for Peyton Manning in terms of his legacy and his value? um, I mean, if he doesn't, that's look at Rogers right now. I mean, Rogers stuff has been stagnant for so long. 
because he's never won. He's never got back there, right? So you know, I, I saw a meme the other day, of course, all the hate and stuff on Rodgers came after he lost. And, you know, I didn't mind it because I'm not a huge fan, but it's also, <laughs> it's also very over the top. But it was something like um, it was the guy at the, at the desk outside with his coffee and had the sign that said, <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers is basically Matthew Stafford. He got lucky and won Super Bowl, changed my mind. And it's like, I, I thought about it. I'm like, well, I mean, if Rodgers didn't have the Super Bowl, he would be Matthew Stafford, right? A guy with a ton of talent who puts up numbers who just can't get it done, right? So, you know, look at Breeze, right? I mean, uh, Breeze stuff is, has gone up, but it's not like the games you see with Peyton. Peyton's stuff is, has gone through the roof. I think that second ring when it comes to football and being a quarterback is huge in terms of, you know, value spike and, and things like that. So even though Peyton's second ring, you know, I'm not going to say it was all on him. I mean, that was, he played with a hell of a defense, but he deserved that because in my opinion, he should have had two in Indy. But another funny thing we talked about in our Brady group chat the other day, somebody said, what if Tom Brady didn't exist? Like where, where would the football market be? And I, of course I spoke up and said, if Tom Brady didn't exist, Peyton Manning would be Tom Brady because those yep. are been his rings, you know, because you look at, that's why their rivalry is so great. You know, it's so fun to see them now. They're, they're friends, they're boys. You know the, the the golf tournament things like that. It, it's it's cool to see, but you look at it like Peyton had to go through Brady. I mean, the greatest of all time, all the time. You know, and you know, I'm a firm believer he should have got at least one more in Indy. But you know, looking at it, it's like you know, shit. I mean, what if he wasn't getting it? Brady was, so it's tough to say. You know, he should have won two, three, four more rings. I mean, he he was playing the be- the best of all time. You know, so. Uh, but I think that regardless, the second ring was just so huge for him and his legacy, and I, I was so happy to see him get it regardless of the circumstances. Um, but it definitely, I, I think winning a ring plays a big factor. And if I'm buying your cards, basically. I think just to respond to that question about Brady, even though I'm in the Peyton group with you, not in your Brady group, but if, if, if I'll answer the question, if Brady didn't exist, people would hate me because I wouldn't shut up about how many Super Bowls the Colts have and yada yada. <laughs> so I will say Tom Brady has certainly humbled me as a fan, which yep. I think is probably a good thing. So I'd love to hear your perspective. And I'm not, this isn't like advising anyone to do anything, but let's just say like, take like the dollar value out of it. Like we know they're high, whatever, but same situation that you were in last year. Let's say, let's say, you know, if if Mahomes wins another Super Bowl or if he loses, it doesn't matter. Let's just say, like, if you are a collector of football cards, maybe you've been collecting Brady, maybe you've been collecting Manning, you decide, like, all right, after this is over, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks and I'm going to buy some Mahomes. Like, what, what when you are going on this binge of buying a guy, like, there's obviously a lot of financial implications that go into it, but, like, What's the mindset and mentality you think collectors should take in, in order to, you know, free up capital or like just know that the person probably has some cards, but like, how would you talk someone through that process? So in terms of like what cards they should target, is that what you're saying? Just uh, like, you know, let's say uh, not necessarily cards, but just say like, all right, you want five Mahomes cards. Maybe that's going to cost you, you know, in between anywhere between 10 and 20 K like, you've got some cards, like, how do you, how do you think through that situation? Yeah. I mean, so for me, like, you know, I didn't have 10 to 20 K lying around to buy my homes cards, you know? So it's, you gotta, I, I have to sell to buy, you know, and it, that sucks, but I think that's where 98% of the hobby is at, you know? Um, but I look back at all the Brady stuff that I had and, you know, it makes me sick. You know, I look at that ex-girlfriend folder, which I don't have, but I, it, it's still, there's still mental images in my mind. You know, I was talking to a buddy the other day about, you know, some Brady rookies. I really regret moving. One in particular was his limited rookie number to 50, the limited edition version, PSA nine. You know, it was, it was the most expensive card I had bought at the time I bought it at the national a couple of years ago. I think it was like 5,500, which is probably, you know, 30 to 40 K now it just makes me sick. But, you know, I, I, I almost felt uncomfortable owning it because I, it was the most I had spent in a card. So I was like, I don't know. It was, it was like, keeping me up. I'm like, did I spend too much? Whatever. But I ended up doing a deal to get my um, Peyton Manning PMG, you know, precious metal gem. So it worked out, all right, long term. But, you know, you, you look back at cards, it's very easier said than done, but you really can't look back. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't keep track of the cards I sold off my Brady collection to buy my homes, but I knew I had to do it, right? Because I don't have, you know, I'm a high school teacher, man. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there, there are people on Instagram who have a ton of money who can buy whatever the hell they want and hold everything. And that's awesome for them. You know, that's great. You know, and I, I, I respect that part of the game too. It's just for, you know, 
blue collar guys and guys who, you know, don't have a ton of capital to spend. You got to sell some stuff to be able to buy some stuff. So, you know, my wife, she was trying to talk me off the ledge after Brady won. I'm like, oh my God, look at what this card's doing. I had three of these, you know, it's like, well, all that stuff you sold, you bought other cards with. So, you know, it all, it's all relative. And I was like, well, you know what, that's, that's why I married you. Right. So (laughs) that that, that makes a lot of sense. But um, in terms of like directing people where to go, it's, it's very tough to get into the Brady game right now, you know, and it, as tough as it is, it, it's, well, people say, well, what if he wins? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it could go even higher. <laughs> so, you know, it, money aside, you know, it, it, if I'm directing people on where to go in terms of buying Brady, I mean, the easy answer here and the very cliche answer right now in the hobby is buy low pop stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like the most cliche thing to say in the hobby. Right. And of course that's true. But at the same time, there's also, you know, there's got to be a collectability factor to the card. Sometimes you have something that's so rare that it's tough to move because people don't want to buy and they, 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 they're afraid of buying it because they don't have, there's no market for it. So as much as low pop is great and, and I love low pop stuff, you know, and the unique stuff and the rare stuff, sometimes that's tougher to move down the line. So, I mean, I'm going to direct people to buy, you know, any Patriots uniform stuff, pro uniform, serial, serial number stuff, you know, but uh, prime example, I had a card, a Brady card, a rookie card. I was trying to move an IG for maybe a month or two and no bites whatsoever. It was a super low pop. It was a pop under 20 for a gem and college uniform. And I'm like, well, I, I know if I posted a Bowman Chrome here, it would move in an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Even though that's super high pop, but you know, there's a collectability aspect. People buy what they're familiar with and buy what they know and buy what has a market. So sometimes it'd be tough to move the super rare stuff. So you buy what you want and, and buy what you like. That's true. But at the same time, you know, understand that when it comes to moving the card down the line, you know, there's got having a market for it is a big factor in how easily you're going to be able to move it. In the uh, on that point, like one of the things, like if you go up to my room and look at my PC, I've got Manning, I've got Kyler Murray, I've got Steph Curry, like it, I've got it's just very limited. And but I'm building up collections within those guys. So like with you, you collect players, and like you're moving Brady's, and so you're you're like trying to level up within that guy's collection. So how do you pick and choose? which uh cards you're trying to move like what are those reasons for you when you look at your pc and you're like all right i like all this stuff but these are the ones that are going yeah it's a great question um because people always ask me like how do you decide what to sell so this is where i go in a little kid mode i like to call it like i I keep this stuff i'd like to look at you know i think (laughs) i I think the stuff that's the most aesthetically pleasing is the stuff i tend to keep around that's why i'm so drawn toward the shiny stuff you know so um, when I, when I go through his rookies, like for example, I have a BGS nine showcase rookie of him. Um, that's never going anywhere. It's my number one favorite Tom Brady rookie. Um, my number two in the Brady list is the EX rookie. I have a nine, five of that. That's not going anywhere. You know, um, I have a Bowman Chrome PSA 10. I was very fortunate to pick that, pick that up raw and grade it. It came back a PSA. And I actually, I picked up crazy story. I posted this story on Instagram a couple of years ago, but called it the storage locker find. Um, I was with a buddy who's in a Brady cards and his friend called him and said, um, Hey, I just came across a ton of Tom Brady rookie cards and LeBron James rookie cards. Um, my buddy buys storage lockers. And in the back of the storage locker, there was like four totes that nobody saw at the auction. And it was all rookie cards. And this guy paid a hundred bucks for the storage locker, right? His friend bought him off him. The friend got in touch with me. And then I bought a ton of LeBron and Brady rookies all raw, which is, you know, it, it, it can, can be a little difficult because there's so many issues with Brady rookies with reprints and trimming and stuff like that. But for all those things, I heard the story and they were sitting there I'm like this. I, I just, I don't suspect anything fishy going on here. Bought everything, graded them all. Some things came back good. Some things didn't, but I just wanted to get them all in slabs. I don't have a ton of stuff left from that. I, I do have some stuff. Uh, if I would have made that fine now and paid what I did for it, I, I would be <laughs> probably retiring from teaching. But um, in that lot were two raw Tom Brady Bowman Chrome rookies and they both came back PSA 10s. So me being the bet hedger, and I, like I sold one off, I said, I'm going to keep one forever. I don't care where this card goes, because this is the Flair Jordan of football. I've been saying that for a while, you know, and, and other people have had that same mindset too. So this one stay in put. So, I mean, I don't care if that card hits 50K. If he wins the Super Bowl, it's not going anywhere. You know, that, that's what I'm going to keep down the line, especially when you look at what the PSA 10 Jordan's doing right now. I think the one on Golden's sitting over 300K right now. So, you know, I'm not saying Brady will ever get there, but I just, you know, I'm a big believer. When, when it comes to buying cards for me, um, I'm more of a low risk, low short term reward reward kind of guy because I look at long term potential more. You know, mm-hmm. so when you're buying Brady stuff, when I was buying buying Brady stuff, it wasn't for a quick flip, right? It, it was it's long term. So 
you know, some of the stuff, some of the rare refractors I have, the gold refractors, I have his whole 2002 tops chrome run graded, you know, some in gems, some not, but that type of stuff. I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm going to pay X amount. I'm not looking to flip this now. This is stash stuff, you know? So I find the stash box getting bigger and bigger now. I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, people, I had a couple DMs last week. Hey, where's the weekend story sale? I'm like, well, I'm kind of running out of stuff I want to move. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to, you know, go through and, and, and take a look and kind of see. And, you know, my, my wife now, she's like, don't sell any Patrick Mahomes cards. After, after she watched the game last yeah, week. She knows. These are said than done. Because, I'm you know, now if I want to buy a card, I, I got to come talk to you about taking money out of the bank. I'd rather sell a <laughs> card and, and keep it off the, the Randall family book, so to speak, you know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah, the uh, I I think um, I love the mindset, just, and I think that's something good for the audience just to pick up on the everything is so short term mindset in the hobby a lot of the time, but just the long term mindset, it, you get to enjoy the cards longer, right? You get like your your there's patience, like you get to enjoy these cards longer than your collection. So I like that, um, uh, and also too, just back you were talking about the ex girlfriend folder. I've I've been in enough conversations when you've been around where a card will pop up that somebody has, and you'll immediately trigger like I used to have that card, and then I'll, then you'll start getting itchy and be like, "Ooh, I want that card back." So yep. that's just that's just part of the hobby, you know, and it's fun. Maybe we can kind of. I'd love to. We're definitely going to get your Super Bowl prediction at the end of this thing. I got to figure that out. But maybe <laughs> there's we're in an unprecedented time with quarterbacks, NFL. And I'd love to get your mindset on just like with all of these openings, like maybe all of these openings, all of these players that potential are available or potentially will be available at the quarterback position. Like what are your thoughts on some of these, these moves? And maybe we can start like, what's your mindset with the Raiders going into next season in the quarterback position? Will there be any changes? What do you think? So it's going to be an unprecedented off season for quarterback movement. You know, I, I think I chef to put something out there the other day about how only like, there's only like 14 teams with solidified quarterback positions going into next season. That's insane to think about, you know, that's absolutely mind boggling. You know, it, it's unbelievable, you know, and that's also, I feel like that's helped, you know, legend guys like a, like a Peyton, maybe a breeze and stuff like that, because there's not a ton of great new quarterback play. So it kind of, people kind of go toward the legends a little bit, but that's, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier, but in terms of the Raiders, I, I it, it's so tough to gauge with them, man, because, Carr has these moments where he looks like, I mean, people forget, you know, Derek Carr was in the MVP running before he broke his leg on, mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve at my house with my whole family here playing your Colts, right? My dad's a diehard Colts fan. That was a terrible ex- family experience. I, I had to go for a walk in 20 degree weather. Like I couldn't believe, I, I was like, I could hear the snap through the TV, but he wasn't the same after that. He, he's kind of got it back a little bit, but people forget this was a guy who was in the running for MVP in the league. You know, I think that, he fits very well in Gruden's system. Um, I think him and Gruden have definitely developed a rapport. You know, you still see some stuff where they get into it in the sidelines sometimes, but people who make a big deal out of that have never coached or played a sport. You know, I mean, you know, I, I get into it. One of my guys at practice yesterday over something like it's, it's natural, man. When you're around people 24 seven, everything isn't going to be smooth all the time. You know, I, I get a kick out of people who make such a big deal. Like when, when people, you know, Brady getting caught yelling at McDaniels, you know, last year and people like all the Patriots falling apart. Like, dude, that's competition, man. If you've competed in stuff, you'd understand that, you know? So, but in terms of car, I, if it's me, I'm sticking with car. I really am, you know, whether, where they're drafting, where their spot is in the draft, I don't see anything like great that's going to fall to them. Um, so if it's me, I mean, you know, he still has probably bottom 10 rankings for weapons in the league. You know, his offensive line, had a ton of injuries on it last year. Trent Brown missed, you know, four five, six games. Um, and their defense is terrible. And this is where, you know, I love John Gruden. Love him. I was so pumped with the signing. But like to me, this is the year coming up for him in Mayock. Like if they don't figure it out defensively, people are going to start tripping about a change. And I won't have much of a counter argument there. You mm-hmm. know, their issues are the same every single freaking year. And it's so frustrating to see. Their secondary sucks every year. They have no pass rush and their linebackers can't cover anybody. So it's like, well, it's been the same thing for the past three years. And they, they've had some real bad luck with injuries. I, I, I get that. You know, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, defend Gruden there. Um, but now it's time. You know, I mean, listen, man, if they only draft defensive people in the draft, I'm perfectly fine with that. You got Patrick Mahomes in your division. You got Justin Herbert in your division, right? You're going to have to be able to play defense to, to, in order to do some damage. I think Cars gets one more year in my book. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. Um, 
I, I have nothing to disagree with. I, I totally agree with what you said. Uh, probably the hottest, the hottest topic in, I think, too, impact on the card market is like, what, what do you expect happens with Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they, I, I saw somebody post something in the store the other day about the betting odds of where he goes and the Jets were number one. And I'm sitting here like, does that really help his market at all? If I have to show right. up and he goes to the Jets, I'm, I'm going to like puke in my mouth like that. <laughs> right. I mean, ideal fit for in my eyes, the ideal fit for any quarterback right now is, is your Colts, man. And I, I firmly believe that, you know, you guys are a quarterback away from competing with Mahomes and, and the Chiefs. I firmly believe that you got, I think your defense tailed off a little bit in the second half of the season, but I think you got the pieces there. And offensively, you got a stud young running back in Jonathan Taylor. You know, you got one of the top offensive lines in the league. You know, Michael Pittman emerged as a decent weapon on the outside to go to cut, you know, go along with T.Y. Hilton for some good tight ends. You know, I mean, I, I think that you've got a system there with and I, I like Frank Reich a lot. I think he's a great coach. You know, you got a system there where it's like you can just get a guy, you know, you guys are gonna be in good shape. Like for me, I'm actually rooting for a Stafford Colts get together because I, I'm a I like Stafford, I like him a lot. You know, I I think that he's just got screwed in Detroit his whole career. But I mean, your dream scenario is Watson, but they're never going to do that within the division. So, you know, if, if I'm a, a guy sitting on Watson, I'm hoping for, you know, Miami's a great spot for him. You know, they were a quarterback away in God. It, it just sucks that that would destroy another part of the market in Tua if that happened. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I sure as I wouldn't want to see the Jets. Maybe we can uh, the uh, the point about maybe we can. I'd love to react to the Stafford and the Colts stuff just because the Colts are my squad. Um, it's get right now. It's one of those things as a Colts fan. And I've, I've tried not to talk outwardly about this cause it's giving me a little bit of anxiety. That's just cause I'm a big fan, but I think as a Colts nation, any Colts listeners out there, you just got to trust in Chris Ballard and his process. Cause he's, 100%. he's the guy is as good as it gets at his job in the league. And to me as a fan, as I'm looking at it and trying to evaluate I can't poke any holes on the Stafford thing. And everyone wants to say, well, Stafford's a loser, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, who's been a winner in Detroit? Like go pull up his stats and look at his productivity. Like the guy's been highly productive in a dumpster fire of a situation his whole career. And when you look at like a guy like Carson Wentz, I know they're not trading him because they just, it's another dumpster fire situation. Sorry, Eagles fans, but Wentz crumbled in that situation. Stafford thrives in that situation. So I think like a guy like Matt Stafford would be a great fit in Indianapolis. Yeah. And you look at Wentz too. I mean, there's another talk about the card market waiting to hear on that. You know, there's so many people sitting on Wentz stuff that they had invested in that's in the dump now. And then people who now invested in Jalen Hurts because they thought he was the guy. And now it goes back to Wentz. It's like, that's a disaster over there right now. It's a dumpster fire for the Eagles and for Eagles fans, but it's also a dumpster fire for the sports card market too. And the football yeah. market because you know, it's like, what's going to happen there? You know, hurt stuff. I, I, I like him a lot. I, I think he's got long-term potential, you know, and, and quite frankly, I think the Eagles kept the wrong quarterback. I mean, you know, Nick Foles, him and Peterson had something going, man. They really did. I know his people will say, well, look at Foles now. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier. Sometimes it's just the perfect match between a quarterback and a, and a, a coach. You know, I mean, you look at Mahomes and Reed right now, you look at Brady and Belichick. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just a perfect match. Would Tom Brady have done what, you know, he would have done, you know, in a different system? I think eventually, yes, I think it might have taken a little longer. You know, I thought the Patriots system early in his career, because he wasn't a guy who was slinging around the field, you know, a ton early in his career. Boy, is that changed now, you know, but sometimes it's just the perfect match between a coach and a quarterback. And, you know, I, I think the Eagles definitely might have made the wrong call there. It kind of showed its reared its ugly head this year. That's for sure. Totally. All right, man. Well, let's. I know you said you weren't a betting man anymore, but I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were to bet, what is, talk to me, maybe first before you just tell me, maybe paint the picture of what you think is going to happen throughout the game and who is going to come out Super Bowl champion and who is going to come out Super Bowl MVP. So the, the biggest prop bet out there is the over-under on my amount of Captain and Cokes during the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's, at, it's at six and a half right now. So, can we get can we get a can we get a the captain halftime show? I'd, yeah, I, I, you're head to head against the weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you, I love the weekend, man. So, so do I. I'm not going to miss that show, but yeah, the over under sitting at six and a half right now. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's trending up. I think the line might get pushed up. <laughs> but anyway, I've been thinking about this all day because I knew you were going to ask it. You know, I've looked at a ton of different variables in terms of the game. You know, you look at the first time around, 
Todd Bowles is such an aggressive defensive coordinator, and I think sometimes he's too aggressive for his own good. You know, their game plan against the Chiefs was to come out and play man and blitz a ton and single cover Tyreek Hill. Well, that didn't work out too well. So I really think he's going to have to change his style a little bit if the Bucs want to win this game. You know, I think they got to play some more zone on the back end. You've got to have a safety over the top of Tyreek Hill at all times, even if that means, you know, Kelsey walks away with 10 to 11 catches. You, you can only do so much against the Chiefs because they have so many weapons. You know, the, the good thing about the Chiefs is they have no running game. So when it comes to stopping that, it's like you're not worried a ton about that. You kind of figure your D-line and backers can take care of that, and, and your focus is on the back end in terms of Tyreek Hill and, and, and Kelsey and things like that. But, you know, the, the thing that people don't seem to be talking a ton about is Fisher being out for the Chiefs. You know, that's a huge injury. I mean, you lose huge. a big piece of your old line this late in the game. You know, that's huge. And the Bucs just got back Vita Vey. And that was he was a huge factor in the game last week. And and Sue's playing great. I mean, I think the Bucks defense, the Buck, I mean, Brady aside, you can make a strong argument that the Bucks defense is the reason why they're in the Super Bowl because totally. Brady was doing what he was doing before and they weren't winning games because the Bucks defense couldn't stop anybody. All right. So I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady, obviously. I'm a Tom Brady guy. But there's no way, you know, they beat the Packers without the, the defense that the Bucs played in the second half. Brady threw three picks. Now, I'd make an argument that his third pick especially was like a punt because it was it was a third down situation. They were going to have to punt. They didn't get the first down anyway. So, you know, quarterbacks are smart. They do that stuff sometimes. But, you know, that's beside the point. But regardless, you know, every time Rodgers had a chance to go down the field after a Brady mistake, the Bucs defense shut him down. And that's unbelievable to think about. Now, can they do it against the Chiefs? I don't know. You know, I, I just think that this is one of those games that the, the big thing that's happened with the Bucs in the, the, the last third of the season was their offense stopped getting off the slow starts. So th they were a victim of the, you know, the offense getting off the very slow starts in games, you know, the defense giving up huge plays to start games. And it seemed like Brady always found himself down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, 17 nothing to start a game. You know, so that's going to be huge for the Bucs, getting off to a quick start offensively. You know, on the flip side for the Chiefs, you know, I don't think they need a running game. I really don't. It, it, I think it's kind of their Achilles heel when you look at their, their offense collectively. But what you have at quarterback, you don't really need a running game. You can run a couple of times to keep him honest. But, you know, he can do so much out of the pocket. Like his his Q, I saw some crazy stat the other day. His QBR on when he's pressured is like higher than most of the quarterbacks in the league when they're in the pocket. It's crazy to think about. Like, you know, so I think that's going to be another big part of the Bucks' defensive game plan is you got to keep Mahomes in the pocket. If you let him get out of the pocket. Bad things are going to happen with the speed they have, you know, at the receiver position. So, fiction, and this is going to really piss off my Brady group chat. <laughs> I'm saying the Chiefs 34, Bucks 27. That that's my prediction. I just, I still, I I think that. So, I mean, the Bucks they they Winfield Jr. was out last game, and then they mm -hmm. lost their other safety during the game too. So their their backup backup was playing. He wasn't even lining up right. Like that's the type of stuff you you would think if those two safeties are out, that'll be cleaned up for the Super Bowl. But you know. I think that's a big factor. Are, the, are both the Bucks starting safety is going to be healthy for this game? But I just, I don't, I still don't think they have enough in the secondary, you know, be able to contain Mahomes enough. But I'll tell you what, this is one game, the Chiefs, you know, all, all, everybody who's a Mahomes fan or Chiefs fan, it's like, oh, you know, he he went down 10 nothing last week. Well, we got him right where we want him, right? The, the Chiefs, when they go down, then they figure it out. Well, you better not go down real quick. Right. You better not go down real quick to Brady because it's going to be a different story. So I think that, Quick start is going to be a huge thing for both these teams in this game. And I think the team that comes off the quickest start is going to win the football game. I really do. I, I don't see either side making some type of huge, miraculous comeback like the Chiefs did against the 49ers last year in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that the team that gets up, the, you know, hits the pedal the hardest first is going to be the one that wins the game. So I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, I would expect some fireworks, some big plays with all the firepower these two teams have. But in the end, I think the Chiefs end up taking it. Mahomes MVP? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't see how you wouldn't give it to either one of these quarterbacks. I think that's, if yeah. you think the Chiefs are going to win, the, the safest prop bet in Vegas is to bet Mahomes for MVP or vice versa with Brady. I, I feel like that's so safe. But it's just going to be, I just can't wait to see what happens to the market after this game and who wins and what happens to their stuff. It's, it's just going to be very, very interesting. I think it's going to be very different than it has been the past couple of Super Bowls, but only time will tell. I'm with you, man. And I think... Uh... I'm I'm le I'm definitely leaning Chiefs. Uh, the one reserve one reservation I have against it, and I don't know why. I think you always everyone always looks at the views of the game from what what they're used to, and I think about or what they like, and I think about the Peyton Manning Super Bowls and both of those Super Bowl wins. They happened because 
the defense that supported Peyton Manning accelerated in such a way, whether it was the Colts defense, you know, or the you know six or the the fifteen Broncos. And for whatever reason, I've got these vibes that this Bucks defense, especially for what you said about their upfront play, it's they're nasty and the yep. secondary's making plays. It's so hard to bet against Mahomes, though. But God, I'm t- I'm torn. But I think it's going to be a hell of a game, one way or the other. Yeah, I can tell you this: this will be the first Super Bowl ever that I don't put a bet on. Because even though I got out of the sports betting game a while ago, I always put a bet in the Super Bowl every year because I'm just going to sit back with the captain and Diet Cokes and the ice cubes. And I'm going to sit back and enjoy the game because for me, this is why it's just, you know, and I know I sound selfish here, but I, you know, it's, it's the facts. I mean, I have nothing bad can happen in the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> Not, literally nothing bad. I, I told my wife <laughs> at least, I was talking to my buddy about this the other day, it's the least stressful Super Bowl I've ever watched because I, I got both sides covered. Like whatever, I just want to see them both play well. I want to see a hell of a game. You know, I want to see that the chess pieces get moved around in different ways by the coaches, you know, after halftime and things like that. Would happy that I can kind of sit there stress-free for a change and not to worry about the outcome and just hope for a great football game. Absolutely. Everyone can aspire to be like the captain watching the Super Bowl next year. Man, I wish I were you with a bunch of Brady cards in my <laughs> Mahomes. I might have I'm gonna be a degenerate and throw some parlay prop bet down that I'm not going to win. Just Well, listen, hey, I, even though I'm not putting a bet down, I love to talk about the bet. So if you want to talk, we can, we can chat and, and talk about some prop bets. But <laughs> I, I will. Well, happy Super Bowl. Thanks for making some time, Kevin. Uh, definitely get you back on here at some point next year talking football. All right, brother. Thanks again for having me, man. I appreciate it. Good time to load up on Mahomes last year, huh? When those prices were what they were right after the Super Bowl. The instincts on Mr. Kevin Randall, a.k.a. the Captain 37, are astounding. I always enjoy talking cards with him. Go check out his page and smash that follow button. Follow Stacking Slabs across all social channels. Hit that subscribe button here. Let's go. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Take it easy. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I'll talk to you next week. 